Welcome to another episode of Homemade Ops. Today we're going to talk about why HSAs are the best. We're going to talk about the rules you need to follow to make use of them and also how to make them work for you. Okay, for our news for you today, it has to do with our topic of HSAs. So they just announced the HSA contribution limits for 2021. So this year in 2020, the maximum amount you can contribute to an HSA is $3,550 for single, so $3,550 if you are on a single person insurance plan. And if you're on a family insurance plan, you can contribute $7,100. So for next year, they raised it a little bit. Uh, Not a huge increase, but just to kind of keep up with inflation. So for singles, it's $3,600. And for a family, it's $7,200. We actually noticed from a couple years ago that it's only gone up about 50 bucks every single year on the single side. If you're on a family, it goes up 100 because essentially you have two, you know, parent or households there. So that's kind of an interesting fact. Yeah, we wish it would go up more. Oh, yeah. Even after giving the context today, which is great. But this is the maximum amount you can contribute every year. We're going to talk a little bit more about the details so you even know what that means, what maximum contributions mean, and how HSAs work. Exactly. So something. Uh, so when we saw this in the news, we were thinking, you know what, maybe let's talk about HSAs today. And we were thinking, you know, it'd actually be a good time to talk about HSAs a little bit just to help uh, give some perspective so we can help people understand exactly what they are. So let's go ahead and talk about them real fast. So... An HSA is a tax-advantaged account for those who are using high-deductible health care plans. So you're not going to see them offered if your health care is generally more expensive because you typically are getting lower deductibles with those. So for those who don't know the fancy insurance jargon, well, what is a deductible exactly? So those who are brand new, you're thinking, okay, I'm getting confused between what premiums are, uh, what deductibles are, what's all this crap? Well, when it comes to when it comes to a premium, a premium is what you pay. Kind of like a membership to Costco or anything that you that you do. So a premium, that's what you negotiate that you're going to be paying every single paycheck, every single month, whatever it is, whatever your terms are. Yeah, and you pay that whether or not if you have zero medical expenses, you pay that just to have the insurance. Exactly. That just means you have that insurance available for you. Well, what is the deductible then? So the deductible is the amount that you have to cover, usually on an annual basis, until insurance kicks in on top of what you're paying once a month. I know it's a lot of payments. That's what sucks about insurance. (laughs) So with a deductible, let's say um, your deductible is $3,000, for example. Well, so whenever you go to the doctor, whenever you incur a bunch of uh, healthcare expenditures, Well, you're going to run it through your insurance and your insurance is going to keep track of it, basically. So your doctor and your healthcare insurance provider is going to provide you or at least keep track of all your expenditures until you reach the maximum deductible. So once you get to $3,000 in our example, simplified example, then over $3,000, anytime you go to the doctor, insurance will then kick in. And that's the whole idea with healthcare insurance. So that way you cover most of those lower costs, but then if you need to spend more, insurance will then help you out. And it depends, the insurance plans are gonna vary and they're gonna vary from company to company, plan to plan. There's so many out there. So we're actually creating our course once more and in the future we'll talk more about these different types of plans in detail. But how does this relate to HSAs then? 
what is, how does this relate to HSAs? Well, if you have a high deductible plan, you would be paying a lot more for a claim before insurance starts to cover anything. So if they cover, if the deal is like 80, 20, so they'll cover 80% of your costs after that and you cover 20% still, still that kind of thing. Well, the benefit to HSAs is they're going to help supplement that. So what they're going to do basically is they're going to say, oh, you're in a high deductible plan. Well, let's go ahead and give you this HSA, this health savings account, so you can save up for those higher expenses or those expenses to cover the deductible or anything else too, not just the deductible. It could be for uh, these health uh, these health uh, savings accounts can be used for a wide variety of healthcare expenditures like medicines and that kind of thing as well. So definitely check online and see all the different approved or non-approved items, but they're just reserved for costs associated with medical. So it's not like you can go spend it on a boat or anything like that. Yeah, so the bummer is you have to pay $3,000 in medical bills on top of the premiums or the monthly payments that you're paying, but you get this special account to help with those charges that other plans don't have. They're just paying out of pocket. Right. And these are reserved specifically for high deductible plans. If you're doing low deductible plans, HSAs, you cannot use them for those. So you have to first check and see if you're eligible for them. And this, of course, would come around during benefit season. So like November, that kind of thing. So if you're eligible for an HSA, you will actually be paying into it. And sometimes your employer will, too, which is a really cool perk. So you might get some extra money in addition to what you're doing. So kind of keep that in mind. Uh, so you're getting some free money there for healthcare, kind of like a retirement account as well. So, you know, with a retirement account, like a 401k, how you can have a match from your employer, it's kind of a similar concept. Usually they don't use matches. Usually they just give you some amount of money to that go into your HSAs. So kind of keep, uh, keep that in mind, but it yeah. depends on employer from employer. All an HSA is, is a bank account. It's a special bank account though. Just like with retirement, special bank account with benefits that we're talking about right now. So if your employer puts money into it, you know, that's that's a wonderful perk that they do. And here's the best part. Like the example with the bank, the money is yours. It's not going to be anybody else's. It doesn't go away. It's yours forever until you, of course, spend it. So it can only be used for healthcare, though. I know we said that a couple times. Just make sure, though. So let's take a look at an example because there's actually limits to how much you can contribute to this HSA. So for 2020, Kimberly mentioned that it's $3,550. So $3,550 per person. And for families, it's $7,100. So that is going to go up into 2021. So keep that in mind. So take a look if you are going if you are contributing to an HSA. Take a look and see how much you're doing because you might want to consider maxing it out if you can. If you can't fund it, you don't want to go over because you might get penalized. But you want to stay underneath that amount or hit right at it. So that way you can contribute to the max because this will go towards your healthcare and you can keep that money for future. So what is the big deal then? So why are HSAs so good? Because if they're like a savings account, why wouldn't I just take that money, invest it somewhere, or put it into some other savings account? Well, good question. So let's actually talk about two points here. Number one, here's the perk to an HSA. You can place your money that is in an HSA into investments. So you can actually invest it in the stock market, into bonds, mutual funds, whatever it is, depending on what is offered by your employer usually. These are usually governed by certain plans by your employer. So they can actually grow their value. So if you put in $100, 
and you earn 10% over the year, which would be a phenomenal return. Well, now you have $110 in your account at the end of the year. Pretty cool. So just like an IRA. But here's the other part that is really cool about them too. Not only can they grow because you can put that money into investments. The second thing though, is you get tax benefits. Yay. <laughs> and that's the big, big perk. So what we mean by tax advantages or you have tax benefits is when you put your money into an investment vehicle like an HSA, it is given tax perks so you can pay Uncle Sam less basically for the money that you, uh, that you earn on it. So what are some of those tax benefits? Well, let's talk about the first one. Uh, the first one is you actually pay with pre-tax income. So what does pre-tax income mean? So whenever you get a check from your employer, before you get the money, the government's gonna take a chunk of it, right? And usually the employer will take that money for you and send it over to the IRS. Well, with an HSA, the money is taken out before that process happens. So that way it actually reduces how much money you're basically making or your, what you can report on your taxes as income. So let's say I earn $100,000. I earn $100,000 over the year. And then I, uh, let's say I contribute to my HSA, let's say $7,100. Let's say 7,000 for easy math. So if we do 7,000, well, now I only have $93,000 that I've earned over the year. And guess what Uncle Sam is going to do? They're gonna calculate taxes on $93,000 instead of the $100,000. So you're paying less in taxes there. So that's kind of nice. So it's basically a deductible. It's going to deduct how much, you're, how much money you're earning over the course of the year. So you have less taxes. The second perk, which is a, my favorite perk, the best one, is that it actually grows tax-free. So the growth inside the HSA, let's say I earn 10%, 20%, whatever it may be on $100,000. Oh, that'd be a good HSA. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, sign me up for that one. Yeah, if you had an HSA with 100 grand in it eventually, whew. well, if you earn 10%, that'd be $10,000. That $10,000, tax-free. So it's a, it's, an, it's a wonderful tool. It's an extremely useful tool to grow your wealth and also pay for expenses that you might not know about. So you wanna kind of consider the different options there. There's multiple options out there and you have to kind of evaluate and see which one's gonna be best for you, but this is definitely one to consider. Really what I think people don't realize is how incredible this is. This is the only account that I'm aware of where money going in and growth and pulling money out is all tax-free. Like taxes never touch this money, ever. Awesome. So it's pretty amazing. Like there, I don't know pretty much any other account like this. It's pretty incredible. And it was only founded, they only started doing these types of accounts in 2003. So not that long ago, they're relatively new. Mm -hmm. uh, one last red flag though, I do wanna give you a quick little warning here. I don't recommend contributing more than the limit. Now, just like with uh, IRAs or other accounts, if you go above that limit, $7,100, $7,200 next year, well, then you're going to incur a 6% tax and those excess contributions are not tax deductible. So just keep that in mind. You don't get any perks for contributing more to it. The best thing would be is just to contribute less than or equal to that $7,100. So one last note that I wanna make when it comes to HSAs. Uh, when, it, when you have your money in an HSA account, the big benefit is that you can actually invest it and have it grow, right? Well, how is the best way to do that? Because if your money is invested in a bunch of stocks, bonds, or whatever it may be, 
you need to use that money if you ever swipe that card because usually they give you a debit card or you need those expenses or write a check from the account. Well, so what Kimberly and I do, we have, we've talked together as a team and said, okay, let's, uh, let's have a little bit of a buffer inside this account where we just have cash. And that, and we decided on amount, I think ours was like $500 or $1,000, something like that. Once you have figured out what your buffer is going to be, then what you do is usually with these accounts, they allow you to set that buffer. And then any dollar that goes into the account above that threshold will then be invested into stocks, bonds, or whatever you tell it to invest in automatically. So just know that. Uh, if So make sure you set that threshold to so anything above it. But if it's too low, you have the risk of not having funds in that account available when you actually go to swipe the card. So you will then at that point have to sell those stocks or bonds or whatever it is to get that cash. But your system can do it autom automatically if you set it up to do so. Okay, now that you're all HSA masters, we've talked about all the details and you can go impress your friends with how much you know about HSA accounts. Let's talk about the fun stuff, which is strategy for growth. Okay, so um, the fun fact about, that's very interesting about these accounts, that makes it just think, oh great, a great way to save up for my medical expenses, which is true. However, you just know about this fact is you can reimburse yourself out of the HSA after you've made the expenses. So let me give you an example to help clarify that a little bit. So say I'm doing pretty financially well this year, right? I have $1,000 of medical expenses and I put 1,000 in my HSA. So I could use my HSA for that expense. I have the exact amount. However, instead of spending that $1,000 in my HSA, I just leave it there, I don't touch it, and I pay for all my medical bills just with my normal credit card or a check, or my normal money. You can totally pay for your bills however you want. You don't have to use your HSA. So I don't touch my HSA, and I just use my money because I'm doing okay. I can afford that this year. So now I take that $1,000 I didn't touch in my HSA, and I invest it. And then say I earn $50 for those investments. When I start out next year, I'm gonna have $1,050. I didn't earn that $50. Well, I earned it through investing, but I didn't have to work and contribute an extra $50. It just happened. And I'm not taxed on that $50, either when I spend it or just when it's sitting in that account. So now let's have even more fun with this. Say I do this every year. So in five years, say I have about $7,000 in the HSA account and I'm just paying for my medical expenses, right? So maybe at that point, I decide, you know what, I want to put a down payment on my house and I need a little bit more money outside of my savings. So over the years, let's say you had $4,000 in medical expenses over those five years, and I've kept track of them in a nice little spreadsheet, and those are all ones I paid for in cash without using my HSA. You can withdraw $4,000 from your HSA to reimburse yourself, and you can spend it on whatever you want because you already spent that on medical, right? So you're just reimbursing yourself. And now I can take $4,000 out and spend it on my home down payment if I want. So effectively, if you can pay for your medical expenses right now, you can save that HSA money and just let it grow tax-free and then pull it out later. And you can spend those costs for other great things, especially in retirement, because you can spend it on medical premiums. So when you're retired, so if you treat it like a retirement account, maybe like Todd was saying earlier, you have $100,000 sitting in there when you end up retiring, you could pay many years of medical premiums after that, which is one of the biggest expenses in retirement. So if you can kind of hang on to that money, if you need that money 
then you can use it. That's what the account is for. But if you can afford to pay your medical bills and save in that account, it effectively acts like the most souped up retirement account you can have. No taxes, and as long as you spend it on medical expenses, which if you think about it, there's always going to be medical expenses. And if you're not working in retirement, you're going to be paying pretty expensive medical premiums compared to when your employer was helping you with it. So it's pretty amazing. So if you can max it out and not touch it every year, that's that's pretty amazing. Now, to do that, though, you have to have good record keeping. So you've got to keep your receipts to show that the amounts that you spent are actual health expenses. And you can't spend those funds on non-medical expenses. There's not a lot of follow-up or audit done right now, um, but I'm sure there will be in the future. And if there, you know, if you ever did get audited, you have all the detail for that. So here's a tip. Here's kind of what we do. You want to either save your physical receipts. Usually a lot of medical places are still pretty old school and they'll just mail you a receipt or mail you the bill. And so what I do is if I get a bill, I just write that when I the day I paid it on there. So I know that I paid it and then I file that away. So I have the documentation that I spent that money on medical. And then I add it into a spreadsheet. You could also do a Word document or just write them in a notebook. But then I just have a record of everything I spent. And it's kind of fun because I have them all totaled up. So everything I spent on medical, I have this running total of, oh, wow, I could reimburse myself anytime out of my HSA and take that distribution because that's how much I spent on that medical. And it's kind of like building up a nice little savings. So have your receipts at a minimum in case you ever get audited. And then it's nice to keep a little list or a spreadsheet so you know how much you can reimburse yourself. As long as you have decent records, you should be fine. And then you can use this strategy. Yeah, for sure. So when it comes to, uh, so one thing that we want to make note of, just a couple strategic decisions here. Number one, the goal is to try to hold on the money in the HSA as long as possible. Try not to reimburse yourself. If you have to, you can using those strategies can be laid out for you by keeping track of your receipts and your expenditures over the years. Uh, but if you can, try to keep it in the HSA because that's going to grow tax-free. And just like Kimberly said, when you're uh, when you're older, you could utilize that money for those healthcare expenditures. So just kind of keep that in mind. If you, um, however, I want to give one quick heads up. If you need the money immediately, do it. There's actually uh, use it. That's what it's for. I mean, there was uh, some criticisms of uh, HSAs when it was first introduced. So what it would do is it would actually incentivize people to not actually spend the money in their HSA because they're like, oh, I can save it and then have a ton of money. And then they have issues funding healthcare expenditures or they don't even go to the doctor. <laughs> so just if it's there for use, okay, be smart with it. If you need to use it, definitely use it. But if you can pay out of pocket, that do it that way because then you can just have more money accumulating interest, time value of money, right? When you have more money in a in an investment, you're going to earn more money from it. 10% of $100 is less than 10% of $100,000. So the more money you have in your account, the more interest you're going to earn. And that's why we say try to keep it in there as much as possible. I want to be, I also want to make one point too. Make sure you talk with your counselors, your consultants, and your tax uh uh, your uh, accountants, tax accountants, because you need to decide which one is going to be best for different situations. So we're not trying to uh, tell you that you should be using an HSA if you're in another type of insurance plan and then you switch over and then you don't have as much coverage. Okay, what we're just telling you what an HSA is, all right? If it makes sense for you to use a different type of healthcare insurance that doesn't qual qualify for an HSA, don't make that your decision factor, 
All right. Do what's best for you. Do what's best for you when it comes to healthcare. Get the healthcare you need. Get the plan that makes the most sense to you. And you can figure that out by talking to different healthcare professionals, tax consultants, that kind of thing. We just want to tell you that if an HSA is available to you or if that's something that you have, a really great way to use that. And just so you know, even if if you need to use that money every year, that's fine. That's what it's for. And it's still beneficial to use the HSA because you save money on the taxes going in and coming out. So still beneficial, but this just enables you to, if you're in a position, to kind of learn what an HSA really can do for you. The other cool thing about an HSA is even if you switch insurance plans, your original HSA that you contributed to for like 10 years is still yours. It doesn't go away. You just can't contribute anymore to it, but it's still your account. So that means, let's say you have, you saved up a bunch of money in an HSA and then you, you're you thinking, oh, now I have a bunch of kids. I need to switch my insurance. That's fine. HSA doesn't go away. It's still there. You can still use it for expenditures. You just, it's, you can't contribute any more to it at that point because it's only eligible for high deductible plans. Okay, so we can't talk about HSAs without mentioning the awkward cousin of HSAs, which is FSAs. So if you've heard of that, flexible (laughs) savings accounts, they've been around, I think they might've been around longer or maybe they came around the same time, but people used to use them more um, before HSAs became really popular from from my perspective. And uh, we like to call them the awkward cousin because I just... Personally, I just don't see the benefit of them. Every, they're not better really in any way. I guess you can spend, like you said, they're flexible. So I think they have a little bit more flexibility of what you can spend them on. Um, however, uh, it's another tax savings account. But the problem is, is you have to use that money by the end of the year. It doesn't roll out. If you If you don't use it, you lose it. It's not Stupid. your money you get to keep forever. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. So if you don't use it, you lose it. Um, also you can't adjust your limits during the year. So with an HSA, maybe, you know, the beginning of the year, you're like, I got to save up for X, Y, and Z. I can't contribute a ton. So you have a lower contribution amount with your HSAs, but then towards the end of the year, maybe you make a little more money than you thought. And you think I can up my limits, just like your 401k at work. You can move those lim- those contributions up and down. You can't with an FSA, which is a little bit silly. So they're pretty restrictive. Um, that's what we call me awkward cousins. So, HSAs are so much Yeah, we're better. not big we're not big fans of them. <laughs> yeah. It's but again, talk with your consultants, yeah. see what's best for you. But as long as you know the differences between them, FSAs indeed are the awkward cousin. They they stink. More restrictive. <laughs> we're not big fans. So in some cases they may make sense. Like if yeah. they're the only option available. Yeah. Then at that point, okay, that makes sense. Because one's for high deductible plans, this one's for a different type of plan, for example. So again, it just depends on which one you're doing. It's good to have any kind of account that helps you save, but if you can get an HSA, they're pretty great. Okay, so to wrap up, let's review our weekly homemade ops challenge. On Monday, we talked about bill pay. So if you haven't yet, sign up for it. It's going to take you less than an hour. It's going to simplify your life or somehow automate your bill payments if you're if you're not wanting to use bill pay. And that's something you can do today or, you know, this weekend when you have time. Also, if you have a chance, consider maxing out your HSA if you can, or at least bumping up your contribution a little bit and maybe seeing if you can hold off on spending all of those funds. Maybe even if you leave a few hundred dollars by the end of the year and just decide I'm going to not spend all of it every year. That would be a great option. So follow up on those. See what you can do, what little things you can do to make your life a bit better this week. And let us know. Write us on Instagram or send us a comment on our podcast. Let us know how those things go for you and what questions you have about 
automating your finances, about HSAs. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time on Homemade Ops. <laughs>